everybody, and welcome once again to your favorite podcast and mine, Pod Be With You. This is Paige from the Congregational Church of Batavia. And this is Aaron from the First Congregational Church of Dundee, returning the favor this week. Paige wore a mask last week. I'm going to wear a mask this week because we're all trading some nasty yeah, stuff, apparently. Yeah, it's not pretty. The Fox Valley, well, and in, indeed... Illinois, the yeah. nation is yeah. just rife with some nastiness. So yeah. in our ongoing quest to have learned something from the pandemic <laughs> regarding being less gross, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll keep some of my nonsense, even though I'm feeling better, keep yeah. some well, of my nonsense good. off of you yeah. and away from and you. I and I appreciate it. Thank you. This is my gift to you this sacred <laughs> season. We are approaching Advent 3. Yeah, I can't believe it already, right? The Advent Sunday of joy. Now, this is debated in many different, whether you go hope, peace, love, and joy, or hope, peace, joy, and love. We have tended to go joy, then love, because love feels like a culminating kind of thing. But I'll be honest, there's a lot of people who will disagree with me. Traditionally, I think it's love, then joy. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, we're going, we're going joy this week too, so. But I've kicked all those people out of this church. So, so they're gone. So we're fine. We're no traditionalists here. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, anyway, so it suffice it to say, it is the Advent Sunday of joy. And for us, that's going to be a focus on Mary. It's going to specifically what's known as the Magnificat. Oh, I love that uh, so much. Which doesn't happen when Mary is told the news. Nope. Right? Let's talk about this real quick. And I often conflated these things that as soon as Mary got the news from the angel Gabriel, as the story goes, that she would bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, shall name him Jesus, right? And that she immediately bursts into song. She doesn't. No, and I don't know as though I would either upon hearing such news. No. (laughs) Well, and let's, we don't have to dive into this, but let's talk about how often the angels, first of all, every time the angels have to say, fear not. Yeah. Because... They know that the good news they're bringing will often be received by us as very as bad news or scary news yeah. or massive disruption and very how alarming. Often yeah, in our lives, does the good news show up looking like bad news, right? Or at least feeling like bad news, exactly. And knowing everything that could come of that, well, we're not going to focus on that part. She doesn't burst into song in the same way until she visits Elizabeth and goes to visit her cousin in the hill country outside and finds that Elizabeth herself is with child. She mm-hmm. who is said to be barren is is with child and is already in the sixth month, and they rejoice together. And the little child in Elizabeth's womb, who, as the story goes, is a little John the Baptist, leaps at the presence of the little one in Mary's womb, the little Jesus. And we have this moment of what feels like truly ecstatic unbounded cosmic joy Mm -hmm. for all the fussing and the fighting and the the fleeing and the conniving and all these other things that are happening in the in the story that is so often to and for and about men yep for a minute you know the story pauses on these two women and their shared joy Mm -hmm. And it's a miracle and it's wonderful. So we're going to celebrate some without going into all of it. I think we're going to do some music, do some singing, because I don't know about you, about this time of year, I'm always out of things to say to people. I know, right? And there is few things less joyful than a pastor lecturing you about joy on Joy <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> so hopefully we'll experience some of it together. Nice. Um, and 
And then next week is our cantata. And then we're into Longest Night. And then we're into Christmas Eve. And then we're into Christmas Day. And then we're into 2023. That's just crazy. I can't, so, I can't even fathom it. Yeah. Well, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's what's happening here. And what's... So let me ask you before we transition to Ruth, which is where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Great story. What are some of your favorite things about that Mary story or Mary and Elizabeth story? It's... Uh, what you said it it it's it's this completely matriarchal moment yes um right that that just focuses on that that sort of female joy Mm. um that is uh there's there's no men involved in this part of the story it's just these two women celebrating something that they're sharing in common and um and i i love that i think it's just fantastic and i love I love the Magnificat too because it is such a um, a song of justice and mm-hmm. the reality that there is joy in justice coming into the world, right? So Mary is singing about what is going to happen when when Messiah comes and everything is going to be made right, and the joy that that brings her, and not just for her, and not just for Jesus, and not just for Elizabeth, but for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I just love it. It's such a great, it's such a great song, um, and uh, I, I love preaching on it for that reason, um, which I'm not doing this year. Uh, but it is, no, it is fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I'll be completely honest. The lectionary doesn't cue this up this year. What, what is it this? What I is, forget. It's a Matthew passage. Yeah, it's um, it, yeah. And, obviously, and it, and, and um, I actually forget because I looked at a couple of different weeks. Right. Because next week's cantata. And they were fine. But I'll be honest, I just wanted to, I didn't want to miss a Mary like this year. No, why would you? You go without it. And it's like, and and if you're going to talk about joy, these are the kind of moments you talk about. And I love that language. My soul magnifies the Lord, which is where we get magnificent Yeah. right? And, but it's not just, this is so great for me. As you said, she recounts the salvation history of God, the, Mm -hmm. the, the, dedicate the devotion of God, right, uh, to God's people. And the the fulfillment, the faithfulness of God. The, yes. The, God has looked upon the lowliness of his servant. You know, these. And she sees herself now as part of the story of God working in the world. And that, and there's this sense of the joy just exploding. Yeah. As she's happy for herself and then she's happy for Elizabeth and then it seems to just kind of unravel or unfurl into this and wait this is good for everybody and wait this is part of everything and wait this is yeah and that's that feels like joy to me yeah the sense of joy never being isolated that joy all of a sudden connects you with all the joy everywhere and you know you're a part of that spirit everywhere and there's something universal yeah, uh, and, and universalizing about joy in that way. She all of a sudden sees herself as one with it all, not to sound too mystical woo-woo about it, but like she really does seem to go, wait, this is what all this is. This is happening right mm-hmm. now, and I'm a part of it. And you can see just this staggering sense of wonder yeah which is a part of joy right and i i think it's okay to get a little mystical woo woo especially we've never hesitated no we've never held back on that but especially especially when you're entering into this season right there is there is this this very um very sort of 
practical flesh and blood joy, right, mm. in the birth of a child. But there's also this cosmic joy, which yes. you've already mentioned that that is that is part of the story too so i think it's okay for us to get a little woo woo um but especially when we're talking about the magnificat because again like you said she she engages in reciting the scope of salvation history and her part in it which is just so yesterday um i i uh, am in uh, i'm convening the batavia ministerial association this year as you do. oh an august um, mm. Yeah. Uh, and we got together yesterday, no, uh, Wednesday, and did some work. Um, and part of that was reaching out and helping families that were in a little bit of need. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday I got to do the nitty gritty pieces of that and making sure that it happened. No big deal. But the joy that came with that, because I saw myself as part of the larger scope of mm. bringing justice into the world in a tiny, tiny, tiny way. But it was awesome. And yeah, yeah you know, I, I, so because it's real. Because with any piece of it, you touch the whole of it. Yes, that's exactly right? it. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. And you're like, this is what we're here to do, and um, to to know that that you're part of the story is astonishing. Well, and let's talk about that because it's never all or nothing. Right. You know, we're never here, but I think it's so easy to go. Well, if I can't do the whole thing. If I can't create peace on earth, if I can't achieve justice for every living right. being, you know, for all of creation, then really what's the point? Yeah. And, and what a what a weird hubristic kind of, is that a word? Hub- yeah, it I'm going like to buy it. it. Yeah. Um, way of looking at the world that it all hinges on you. And if you don't feel like you can do the whole thing, then what's the point? It's, no one has ever done the whole thing. You do the piece, the piece you can do, a piece that's in front of you. And yep. if you do that, you weave yourself into the whole of yeah. it. it yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it's it, and that is a wonderful thing. And that should cause us joy. Rather than, like you said, causing us anxiety because we can't fix everything. There should be let great... Let go of that, man. Yeah, let go of it. There should be great joy in those places where we can shine. Um, even if they seem small, they're part of the larger picture. Mm. And it's just amazing. I'm into that. Well, we go from one story of two women rejoicing yep. to one of our favorite, I know for sure for you, but yeah. the favorite and you, stories, you love it. Yeah. I, re- I really do, in, in all of scripture, and that is the story of Ruth, of Ruth and Naomi. Yep. And here you have, in, in, in the Christmas story or the early Christmas story of Mary and Elizabeth, these, you know, family, and that kinship and born of being family and you have a similar kinship, and in some ways, though, even more with Ruth and Naomi. And you have this, in maybe with Mary and Elizabeth, these expressions of abundant, abounding joy. And then with Ruth and Naomi, you have some of the most tender, powerful, ferociously loving words of commitment, devotion, yeah. dedication that sound like wedding vows yep. in all of scripture. Yeah. And it's such an amazing story. So of course, Ruth is one of the named descendants in Matthew's lineage. Yeah. So, uh, so we're, um, we're in, engaging in that story a, a little bit. Part of Jesus ancestry. Part of Jesus's yeah. ancestry. And I, there's so many pieces of it that are are amazing, hmm. um, but yes, uh, there there is there is a, a parallel to what's going on with um, Mary uh, and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth yeah. because the, the 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 end of the story of Ruth and Naomi is the birth of a child, mm-hmm. where the entire female community comes together and celebrates the birth 
of this young mm. baby, um, which will end up being one of the ancestors of David and therefore one of the ancestors of Christ. Which and, in a baby, let's just say, that had no reason to be expected to be there. No. Right? Ex- exactly. It, in a different way, miraculous, but in some ways no less unlikely, no less remarkable. No less remarkable. Absolutely. The, the, the way the story begins of and I think we forget this sometimes, this, the way the story begins of Ruth and Naomi is one of just heartbreak and tragedy. I mean, they've yes. lost everybody and everything, every sense of stability, any any sense that they are part of the story, right? They are actually outside, uh, outsiders in the, in the largest sense. Um, they're outsiders, they're in a foreign land, a famine strikes, people die, they lose the ones they love the most, they lose their husbands, the yep. only ones that are going to give them, their husbands and sons that give them any security. Any security, any place in history. Yes. Right, any name. That's a good point, yeah. And, and, um, and, uh, and, uh, in the midst of this, even uh, uh, Naomi changes her name to Mara, which means sadness mm. or weeping or that kind of bitterness. And, uh, thank you. Yep. Thank I you. Got you. Oh, you're good. <laughs> oh, you're good. I lost it for a minute there. And she changes her. I mean, so there's this there's this deep and profound sadness at the beginning of it and dislocation, and um, and it ends with this this wonderful again being woven into the story, and they know they're being woven into the story. Well, and maybe just to tweak it, and it's, I'm not I'm not no no no, no. At you, but th- I I love this because they are weaving themselves back into the story, right? Oh, it's not happening to them. Oh no, they, they are make not it being happen. woven into the story. They are weaving themselves into the because. There is that's there is this ferocity, this determination, this agency in yeah. Ruth and Naomi that makes this partly just because it's a survival story, but then beyond survival, how do we we will make a life for ourselves in this world that doesn't have a place for us? We will claim a place and make it happen. It's uh, it's really interesting. So this is this is what's on the docket for preaching this Sunday. Yeah. And um, tomorrow I'm also preaching at the Women's Advent Tea in Wayne, um, which is something that I've done for a number of years now. One and of the more delightful things. It is one of the more delightful things. And um, their theme is uh, together again after because they've taken some years off because of COVID. And they decided they wanted to use the Ruth and Naomi story precisely because mm. of that. It's not the happy ending we thought we'd have, mm. but it is a happy ending because God, again, it's that faithfulness that you were talking about with um, with Elizabeth and Mary, um, that hesed, that 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 mm. loving kindness, that faithfulness, mm. that uh, that steadfastness, um, and it it shines through in in this story too. And one of the things that I love about this too, and I don't think this is an accident, mm. um, Matthew's story focuses mostly on Joseph. He doesn't. Right. Right. So this is Matthew's genealogy, and he focuses both on the Joseph part of the story. Joseph, who's faithful and comes in and does what is right and good. In, a, in, in, above, the, and a, in, a, in an above and beyond way, mm-hmm. in so many ways. Yeah. And I think that part of the story, too, although Matthew doesn't mention it exactly, is that the very uh, uh, ignored Boaz in the story <laughs> of Ruth and Naomi does the same thing. He comes in as this kinsman redeemer and does what is right and good regardless of anything else. Because it was right. Because it was right. And and, and yes, not because he was manipulated selfishly into doing what was right, even though he was, you know, whatever, a corrupt and hypocritical male figure. No, because 
out of his genuine goodness. Yeah. Everybody doing this, we should say. Everybody, yeah. Out of their goodness, out of their faithfulness, out of their strength. In a story in Ruth where God is not mentioned. Not once. Ex, you know, by name yeah. or explicitly or seen as the agent in this. But you can see godliness in all of this. Yes. Right? This reminds me of the, the Harold Kushner book that we I grew up thinking was the wrong title, which was Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? But the title isn't Why Do Bad Things. It's When Bad Things Happen to Good yes. People, which is very different. Yeah. It's not answering the question of why these things happen, but it does say when they happen. Because they're going to. What do we do? Yeah. And who is God then? And where do we go? And yeah. this is that kind of a story. Yeah. So they say when bad things happen to good people, famine, death, ostracization, you know, splintering, fracturing, all this. What, when that happens, what do good people do? Right, and it's it's togetherness, it is devotion, yeah. it is love, it is people doing, it is goodness, it is doing, you know, so to speak, the next right thing, you yep, know, the exa- next good thing, exactly. so to speak, and and people going above and beyond to do what's right because it's right, and out of that, God in working through that can bring new life out of that tragedy, yeah. which is so different from saying God causes these tragedies these challenges these bad things so that we can achieve some end like yeah the, but so we it is see the, the divine glory a, exactly Come on. right none of that and at the same time it's a testament to what incredibly strong faithful loving good people can do in the face of this mm-hmm. and what god can do with them to co-create a future Exactly. That is full of hope and peace. Exactly. And, and I think it goes right back to what we started with, which is this is Joy Sunday. Yes. Is is these faithful people crafting joy out of what is available to them and finding that that those moments of, of gratitude and togetherness and thanksgiving and real joy in what could have been really horrible circumstances, mm. but because of their perseverance, their their desire to do what is right, their faith in God, um, they they create this joyful experience at the end of the book, uh, which is just astonishing. So, um, so yeah, I'm 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 looking forward. I always look forward to preaching Ruth whenever mm-hmm. it pops up. So I get to do it twice this weekend. I know it's a big weekend. For it's you. a big weekend. Yeah, it's the Ruth weekend. Oh, um, I love it. But it, it it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff, and it's a follow through actually from the sermon I preached last week when we were talking about Rahab um, and we talked about how that's not a story that ends easily or sits uh, sits comfortably, gen- comfortably yeah. and gently on the heart and mm. I, which is exactly the point right that that God doesn't come in spite of our messiness but because of it mm-hmm. and there's this hesed again this steadfast loving kindness faithfulness and Ruth is a carry through of that of that story with with people enacting the presence of God in each other's lives. So anyway, I, yeah, it's just all connected. It is. And I, I love that there is no story, there's nothing in the story of Ruth that looks like div, like active, divine, heavenly intervention. Right. No God speaking from on high. No angels delivering a message of salvation. Different from the Christmas story. Right. right? And one of the reasons I love that is because it's saying that the love two people have for one another is enough. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require God, the heavens opening and the spirit of God coming down like a dove and a voice from heaven (laughs) crying out or an angel saying, do not be afraid because I, and I, 
two people loving one another, devoting themselves to one another, facing the world together is enough yeah. for God to work through, for this yeah. to happen. And that's the real thing, because I feel like sometimes we hear these stories of miracles in intervention, and we go, well, until that happens to me, I'm not a main player in this story, mm-hmm. right? Un- until I get the angel, until God opens, until I have the dream that went until my life is torn, then, I- then it must not be about me. I must not be really participating in this. Yeah. And the fact is that that's not that's not true. Yeah. I, it, again, I'm reminded of, of that language that we, we get with that where two or three are gathered, right? God is there. Where yes. there is that relationship and that commitment that God is at work. And um, and that's all it takes. Where there is love, there is God. Yep. As simply as that, right? And yep. so the love that you create, the love that you share, the love that you experience with one another, that is God. Mm-hmm. And like joy... When it comes to love, when you touch a piece of it, you are connected to the whole of it. Yeah. Love as a personal and cosmic force. Yeah. Um, and that's a real promise. That if, that if you are doing the work of love, if you are participating in love, then you are part of the whole of it, which is to say you are a part of God because God is love. Yeah. I don't think that's overstating it. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And um, and in some ways, that's such a simple message. And in some ways, it's such a hard one for us to grasp, too. Um, it, oh, uh, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. but and It's hard to see our yeah. nitty-gritty day-to-day, you know, everybody's got a cold and everybody's got, you know, and just yeah. we got finals and we did, oh, and, and we have volleyball till 9.30 at night. I was going to say, you got stuff. Yeah. We got, it's just, it's... It's really easy to be encumbered by just the doing of all the stuff that life takes. And that's even when things are good. Yeah. To, you know, have that be distracting, encumbering, weigh you down, all of that, right? Um, and, And distract us from the wonder that is now, right? From the fact that it is... What we're waiting for is now. We're here. We're in it. It's not that it was. Although, you know, that's, we do that in Advent, right? Mm-hmm. We celebrate all these great things that happened way back when. And it's so easy to just leave it there. Yeah. Or to say, and we hope and pray for the reign of peace and joy and hope that will someday be. Yeah. And in the meantime, so we're sitting here in church celebrating what happened 2,000 years ago or praying for what might happen 2,000 years from now and going, well... Back at it, yeah. You know, back to Meyer, except back to make time to make another Aldi run. But that, except but, that's exactly where the the rubber hits the road, and yes. those and and love plays out. Yes, um, but it's in, so hard. It's as hard as ever to see yeah. our day to day as part of the yeah part of the the story of God's work in the world, part of yeah. the unfolding of salvation history, part of it, because that's the hard part. And mm-hmm. I'm saying it's easy to celebrate what was. It's easy to pray for what might be. And it is easy to just leave it there and neglect the reality of the present yeah. and what it's like to try to live that out here and now in our own families, in our own nation, in our own heads sometimes, frankly, in our own heads and in our own hearts Yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So that'll be, I think, part of the challenge is not just talking about it abstractly or celebrating how it was, but 
How can we experience it? How can we cultivate it now? That's a that's a good word. Uh, cultivate is exactly the word I think that that uh, that we should be focusing on. How do we and how do we recognize it too, and not just cultivate it, but recognize it when it shows up in our midst mm. in what doesn't always look like we expect it to be, right? Re- yeah, it reminds me of our conversation about gratitude. Yeah, right. Because these are connected. Peace is connected. Joy, gratitude, mm-hmm. all of it is connected, and in some ways, all of a piece. Right. It's very hard to have one of these without the other parts of them. Right. Uh, And one of the things we'll always say about these is we can't necessarily make these things happen, but we sure as heck can keep them from happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe we can't force joy, but we can sure we can make sure that our lives are an environment in which joy has no chance. Yep. It can't grow. Right. Yep. So one of the first things we have to say about hope or peace or joy or gratitude is sometimes it's not nearly as much about doing something differently, meaning doing something new, as it is about stopping a bunch of things that are in the way that are that. Well, OK, this is going to turn into a whole separate thing on grat- <laughs> as the th- a whole, uh, you know, repeat of our special on gratitude because just take that and replace joy for gratitude yeah and you have we would have the same podcast i'm pretty sure yeah right we'd be saying the same things absolutely i believe that's the case well we're gonna leave that here for now yeah not that there's not plenty more we could say about mary and elizabeth and ruth and naomi and joy and church and sleet and snow and yeah. the busyness of the season. Um, anything else for the common good? No, everybody just take care of yourselves in this season. It's it's busy. There's cold and flu and COVID and yuck. And it's so easy to lose sight of, again, that joy. And so just take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Yeah. And sometimes in that order, we'll say it again, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. You, you know, you can hear from pastors a lot and from a lot of people. It's the season to take care of others and help others and give it to others and, and make experiences happen for others. And that this is all true. It, take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. Oxygen mask people. Mm-hmm. Right. This is it's necessary. Put your mask on first, then help the person with you, because if you pass out, you're no good to anybody. Yep. And and take some time if you can. We hope you can for yeah. for quiet to to let joy catch up with you, to, to look around and pay attention. And, all right, end of preaching. But we want these things for ourselves, even if we find them hard to do, and we certainly want them for you. Thanks for spending this time. We hope this was a part of it for you. In the meantime, be safe, be well, be the church, and we'll see you again soon. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye. bye bye